opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. ACB Radio, where you're listening, is our business. <laughs> Welcome to BPI's behind-the-scenes conversation about audio description. I'm Anthony Corona. We're here with President Gabriel Lopez-Cafati and some very, very special guests. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another of our BPI audio description events. Uh, we're very excited. Uh, tonight, we're joined uh, by leading experts in the industry. Um, I know we have a couple of uh, people. Um, personally, I know uh, Roy Samuelson. And Chris Snyder, uh, Roy is uh, a very, very known figure in the uh, audio description industry. He is a professional narrator, uh, he's also a BPI member. <laughs> and uh, Chris Snyder is uh, an engineer, audio engineer for Audio Eyes. And he's also a BPI member and actually a BPI board member. So without further ado, you guys are all here to listen about audio description, not to hear me ramble. <laughs> so I'll uh, let Roy and Chris introduce themselves and talk a little bit more about uh, the other industry experts that are joining us tonight to talk about audio description behind the scenes. Welcome, Roy. Welcome, Chris. Well, thanks for having us. I'm uh, really excited to hear all our conversations. And, and Chris, I'm a big fan of yours. I'm gonna, I'm gonna punt to you. Well, thank you, um, and thanks for having us tonight. Um, <clears throat> with us tonight, I have wrangled some of the top. What I, who, some of who I consider the the top talent in the industry. We have. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have Terry Grossman, um, who is, in my view, the premier audio description writer in the world, and that's totally unbiased. I'm sure you know. Um, and uh, we have Herb Merriweather, who is another awesome, amazing, talented description writer as well as a voiceover artist. Actually, Terry is also a voiceover artist, as am I, and. Um, we have, I believe I heard, perhaps I heard, um, I'm not entirely sure. I, I, I asked a couple of others to join us, but uh, uh, I asked uh, Rick Boggs to join us. I don't know if he's made it. Um, I asked, um, um, I asked. Not annoyed. Um, yes, just let's, a little bit of housekeeping. Let's take a moment. Yeah, and ask go ahead, everybody Andrew. who's um, not going to be panel speaking because we're going to go from uh, from inception to listening within our own homes tonight before we open it up for questions. So if you're not speaking on the panel, if you can mute yourself, um, Roy, I know you have a couple of friends that you invited. If you want to introduce them, also, sure will. So uh, really excited that uh, uh, on the. Uh, Near completion of audio description, we've got some engineers, uh, specifically Curtis Ewing. And uh, actually, that's probably on your side too, Chris, right? Yes, indeed. Curtis is our uh, freshest face uh, as an engineer here at AudioWise, and he is quite talented. I'm very pleased with uh, all that he does uh, with us. And um, 
I'm very proud of, of him and bringing him on with us has been a wonderful thing. And also on the engineer side, we have Jeff Ross. Uh, I'm excited to hear some of his contributions on the on the engineering side and some of his approaches are, uh, I'm really excited to, to have that conversation going. <laughs> and also we have uh, Jeff Heck, who has uh, spent most of his uh, audio description experience on the educational side and now is working in the entertainment side. And it's been, uh, it's been fascinating to hear some of his outreach as well as some of the approaches that he brings. So that's kind of like an overall view from, from his perspective. Nice. So we wanted to hit a couple of targets for, for this evening with the first being a script is written, you know, a studio has bought it or money financing has come, you know, abreast and they can film the project. The project is then filmed and so on and so forth. And then audio description comes into play. So we were kind of hoping to go through the process from beginning to end and then talk a little bit about Kevin's project as well as uh, some other advocacy areas, and then open it up for questions. So, Chris, which one of you wants to start us off on the journey of audio description and programming? Well, let me let me jump in real fast because uh, something that you said there. Um, I think it's important to point out that every company has a different workflow when it comes to description. Um, I can obviously speak to the audioized workflow. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I want to repeat again that AudioWise is the uh, is still um, remarkably one of the only companies in the world, I think, certainly in America, that actively seeks out and hires blind uh, engineering talent, blind voiceover talent. Uh, I know there are a couple other blind. Uh, other companies that hire blind voiceover people and and most importantly out of all of that um make sure to vet the scripts with a blind person before uh they go to voice so um i just wanted to to plug that because it's i think it's important and i'm not saying it because audioize is the best company in the world or anything like that i'm saying it because i think every company should be doing that all of those things um, that's just something that's so important in our industry. It should be with us. It should, it should be our, we should be fully included in the industry. Um, so having said that, I will, I will talk about AudioWise's workflow real quickly. Um, when we receive a, a, a movie or a television program or whatever the media happens to be, the first thing we do is hand it to a writer, a trained description writer who has been, um, who has gone through quite a bit of training, um, usually by the marvelous Terry Grossman, who is, I believe, is here. Um, and uh, then after it, after it has been written, after the the script has been com- uh, created, we give it to a QC team, and that will be a sighted script quality specialist and a blind description quality specialist. The sighted specialist will look at the script against the movie and make sure that what is being said in the script is accurate and make, and um, everybody in the process makes sure, tries to make sure that the, uh, the, the description language that is used fits in the time allotted between the dialogue. Um, and then a blind person, the blind uh, description quality specialist will look at it um, and make sure that the description 
makes sense to to somebody who is blind. Um, you know, you can write the nicest words on the planet, and if it doesn't conjure the right picture of what's happening on the screen, then it's not really um, going to work as a, as description. So that person goes ahead and makes sure that it it makes sense. Um, sometimes when it's really complicated, we get a few blind people who have been trained. Again, all of these people have been trained um to to recognize what is good description what is bad description based on um basically internationally agreed upon standards um and and after the the script has gone through the quality control process um then we hand it then we um we bring in a voiceover artist who um who will read the script uh usually we have a it's a little harder with COVID, um, but usually we have that voiceover artist um, directed um, by an engineer who is familiar with the kind of style of, of audio that we want. And um, it's uh, we try to make sure that the voiceover artist has context um, around their description so that they can voice the the script in the correct tone given the scene. So we don't want you know somebody saying he pulls out a knife and stabs her. It's, you know, we can't have clinical uh, reads like that when, when the scene doesn't call for it. Um, we want, we want people to, to voice it in the way that the, the, the tone of the keeping of the tone of the scene. Um, so that, that goes on. And then after the voiceover artist is done, then we uh, hand it to an editor who goes through and takes out mouth noises because everybody has a little going on with their mouth. And, uh, we take out large breaths if somebody, uh, you know, breathes really loudly, um, particularly breathes into the microphone as they voice, especially uh, I found that that happens a lot during action scenes because they have a lot of words to get out in a short space of time. And so, you know, they'll, they'll do that, you know, things like that. And we just try to, to clean that up. Um, we also, during the editing process, we place the description um, more, more closely in, in time for the uh, the scene, so we don't want to have the description too far away from the action that it's describing, and and uh, usually the time codes that we put in the script will take care of that. But sometimes you want, especially in long blocks of description, um, you got to spread things out a little more just to just to make it fit better with the movie. And then um, at the end of that, then we mix the show. We mix the the program into the, uh, I'm sorry, the description voiceover that has now been edited into the program. Uh, we do try to make sure that the dialogue uh, of the description is at a similar level to the dialogue of the show so that we're not coming in like the voice of God telling the line people what's happening or making it so quiet that you can hardly hear it against the loud banging and machine gun fire. Um, and uh, then after that, we, we conform it to the specifications that the clients ask for, and those vary widely. Sometimes they want a 5.1 surround uh, track. Sometimes they want a stereo track. Sometimes they just want the VO without any mixing, uh, depending on the situation. That happens a lot with uh, in theater movies. Sometimes they um, want it actually with video if they're planning to put it up directly on a like a YouTube or something. So um, a lot of a lot of factors go into how we deliver the movie, um, and we don't really have a lot of say in that. That's something that's key to point out. Sometimes people will get in touch with us and say, "Well, why, why, why did I hear this on television, but it's not in the DVD box set?" Well, it's because the 
the describe the the people for whom we delivered the media didn't include it in the package that went onto the DVDs um, for reasons of their own. So um, that's kind of the process from our perspective. Before uh, we go any further, I'm going to ask again. And there's a lot of background noise. We are streaming this and there are a lot of people on trying to listen so if you're not talking can you please mute yourself thank you so much Roy that's a pretty great overview excuse me overview that Chris gave us is there anything that you think you'd want to add or give us from a different company or overall perspective one of the things I loved about Chris's uh, approach was that he started off talking about how blind professional talents are paid for this work at some point in this process that um, one of the things that is very concerning and also kind of exciting with where our audiences are responding is that the conversation about audio description is moving past just does it have it or not. And the thing that I loved about what Chris just shared is how each step of this is so focused on bringing the best quality work to our audience within the ability that he and his company have. So, that kind of approach needs to be consistent everywhere. As Chris said, all companies need to be doing this. I think the thing that yeah. I'm really excited about hearing when it comes to the, you know, let's start with the very first step is the, uh, the basically the writing, writing process. And even before the writing process, I'm, I'm curious if, if Chris or anyone else could contribute to this, that sometimes there's an education that, that's taking place with a company that maybe hasn't been familiar with the, the audio description process at all, that there's a very false comparison to closed captioning in that, oh, uh, it's just transcribing stuff for, for visuals that in the closed captioning side that that's, it's literally transcribing the uh, audio to text, but in this work, it's a fully produced thing. And I think the thing that's so cool about uh, what Chris and Audio Eyes does is that they do that that whole process. On the writing side, I think there's uh, there's a lot of research that gets done, whether it's uh, uh, watching the the film over and over again, or maybe even having access to a shooting script or research that goes in. There's casting decisions. One of the things that I'm really excited about is that audio description voice talents are now being represented by people of color in a way that better represents not only content, but just represents our entire world in a way that's much more equitable. And being able to, to hear verses. Uh, it's 9.15. Okay. I'm so sorry. One more time. Can everybody who is not speaking mute themselves? Gabe. Yes. We're going to have to mute everybody, and you're going to have to go in manually into the participants and unmute Chris, Terry, and Roy to start with. Okay, and, uh, and Herb it. actually, a uh, Herb Merriweather Herb. if he's if he's there too. Okay, okay. It is. Yeah. You gonna listen to it? Want me to head out? Everyone listening and waiting for the rest of our presentation. I apologize very much. What happened to him? Oh. I'm in there too. Ah, 
I was just told that another one of our writers, Miriam, is also here. Awesome. You know, I are um I, a lot of the questions that I know we're, we were were <clears throat> we were reviewing, and I'm sure are going to come up tonight, are about the writing process. So maybe if um the well three I, writers before, that we have, I I just want to piggyback on something Roy said. Um, uh, Herb Merriweather is one of our writers and a voiceover artist, and he is a person of color. And I'm hoping that he's here. I, I think he's here. Herb, are you here? I am here. Good evening, everyone. Honored to be here. He has written Honored so many it. great stuff. If you have watched the series, the Netflix series Greenleaf, uh, well, it's on Netflix anyway. Um, that is a fabulous show uh, that he both wrote and narrated uh, the last season of. He narrated all the seasons, but he wrote the last one and was the script quality supervisor on the previous seasons before that, um, if I remember correctly, Herb. And you You're also right. wrote the last few seasons of The Middle, right? And what else? Yes, have you done? yes. Uh, oh boy, just fun, fun, fun. We've had, we did, uh, we've done several TV series. Uh, we got a chance to do the Jungle Book, the old one, uh, the classic uh, with starring the, you know, the Hindi star uh, Sabu, which is that was a big challenge because there's there are there are just uh, you know uh, minutes and minutes and minutes of of just everything's on fire. And how many different ways can you say everything's on fire? So it's a, yeah, it's a bit of a challenge. <laughs> but uh, no, no, we we've, we've had a chance to do some tremendous projects. Um, of every type, and like I say, of every type, um, uh, from everything from the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, all the way to uh, uh, Snoop Dogg and Method Man. Yeah, we we yeah we cover the gamut. It's fun. So let's let's talk about something like um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is pretty universally known. Even if you've never seen it, you pretty much know what it looks like, what it sounds like, what you know, what the the overall uh, you know story is. So when you get a project like the Rocky Horror Picture Show and you're going to have to write for that, what do you do? What, what happens first? Can you talk us through that a little bit? Well, you absolutely have to watch it maybe a couple of times, even, even though it's a favorite and even though you, you know all about it. I personally didn't write the script for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I did the, I did the voiceover. Uh, uh, Micah, Micah Grossman did the Rocky Horror Picture Show. He's a fabulous script writer. And man's just absolutely just, I guess the word for him is prolific. <laughs> but, you know, he, he does a lot of stuff and it's all very, very quality work. But he, he did the writing for, uh, for that particular project. But yeah, the first thing you have to do is be absolutely familiar with the project and then you have to have an idea as you're watching it you're going to be at least i i am you know I'm, I'm i'm thinking about what's going to be said and maybe possibly who the voiceover artist is going to be because i want them in mind because i want to put it you put the words in such a way as that 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 voice actor is going to be comfortable with the way it's coming out so uh you know different words can mean you know can mean different things but if you've got someone who's very very strong or someone who's who, who's very, very quiet or whatever, you think about the voice actor as well you know, when you're writing the script. So that, that comes into play, probably because I'm a voice actor as well. So after you've written the script, do you watch it a couple of times with the script in your hand, you know, going through it and saying, does this work? Does it like, absolutely. or is that for the editors to do? Oh, no, no, absolutely. No, that's, that's, that's a part of, that's it. Well, that's, that's the way we do it at AudioWise. That's the way I personally do it. I, the culture at Audiowise is one of very, 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 very high quality. Uh, uh, there's a lot of excellence that goes on there. We don't, we don't let a lot of things go easily. Uh, so, you know, even when, you, when I'm writing a script, even when it's with a show that you like and a show that you're familiar with, you always want to get it right. Point to where you have to stay with the flavor of that particular show. You're not the star. Shut up. It's, we just want to, we only want to hear from you and it's at a certain level. You know, it's not about you. And that's for sure. 
you know, but the bottom line is when you're right, as you're writing the script, you're thinking about it as it's going forward. And yes, you definitely watch the, you know, watch the, watch the, watch the work, watch the video, watch the film along with the script, mouthing the words as you go, because you want to make absolutely certain that what you're, that what you're saying makes sense and that it fits. So then you turn that script that you've written in to uh, another, I guess, pair of eyes and that review of the three people in that room go through it again Absolutely. before somebody else records it, before someone the, starts recording it. The pair Absolutely. of eyes, yes, and also the blind person. Uh, that's, at that. Yeah. That's what I was about to say, because it's, it's very, very important that, that, that we remember the audience. Uh, so many operations and so many times we've listened to bad, bad description or we've listened to description that kind of, kind of pandered or kind of not pat, you know, there, there, little blind guy, we're going to help you out. You know, okay, folks, it's not that kind of an operation. You know, we're not, we're not, we're not talking down anybody. We have an audience who's an intelligent audience. We don't have to tell them the phone, right? They can hear it. You know, we don't have, so, we don't have to do, we have to do stuff like that. So. So when there were notes on, on a script that, okay, maybe this could be this, or this could be described a little bit more or a little less or so on and so forth. Does it then go back to you to re to rewrite those changes or do they kind of hash it out right then and there and then turn it over to production? Usually that happens with the, with, with the quality team. Um, right, right. um, if we're lucky, we'll have the writer there with us. Um, but sometimes we're not that lucky. And so it has to happen right there in the, with the, the SQ and the DQ. Um, and, and then they both kind of, the blind at the, at audio wise, the blind person has the final say about how something is, is written the language of it. We, uh, the blind person needs to be the one to say, yep, that works for me. That's, that's exactly what we need. Or no, that doesn't quite work. We need something a little different still. So I think a lot of people also wanted to know if while, so once it goes to recording, while the recording is happening, is the show slash movie slash production playing that they can kind of reference to, or is it all? Yes. 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 Uh, We don't, they don't get picture at our, at our company they do it. Some others, they, some of the other companies do have a screen for them. Um, But here we, we do uh, audio cues because um, our scripting process and our whole, our whole production process was designed with description in mind um, from a blind person's perspective. So, um, so we get, we get audio cues and internal cues. Um, So, you know, uh, a block of description begins at a time code and then you hear, and then the audio cue in the script says, uh, come and get it. And then there's, so that's written in the script in quotes. And then the person then reads this, the description, you know, he runs toward the house and then there might be an internal cue that says, now come on in and sit down. And that would be written in the script. And then the describer says, he pulls out a chair. I'm just pulling this, you know, out of the air, but that's, that's the idea. So this is really an intense kind of process when, at least it, I would imagine at first, when you're first couple of months of doing this, you've really got to, you're really on your toes with all these different aspects and cues that are in and out of it. What is it? What's just the production? What happens after it's been recorded? It then goes to sound mixers or take us through that next step. Well, then it goes to the editor. It goes to uh, the editor. Uh, well, yeah, you know, an audio engineer <clears throat> at AudioWise is trained usually 
in all three aspects of direct recording and directing the voiceover and then and then editing that voiceover and then mixing it into the program. Um, sometimes we have some people who specialize in just one or two of those things. Um, but, but, you know, yeah, first we voice it, then we edit it and, and take out clicks and dial and breaths and things like that. And then we, and then we mix it after that. How long does the process for, let's say an hour long law and order special victims unit, how long does the process for each episode take? Well, uh, we haven't done that one, but it, uh, but we, it, it depends on the word count. Uh, of the script. So mm. if, if the script is really complex, if there's, say, little dialogue in the show and more action, um, the, the word count of that script is going to be higher, right? It's going to be, um, it's going to be a big, it's going to be a big script. So then what we need to do, um, it, it's going to affect the, the timing that it takes, the time that it takes to put it all together. Um, if you have a, if you have an hour long show, where there's a lot of dialogue and very little in the way of um, room to describe something, then, you know, it's going to be a shorter script and it can be done faster. Um, Generally speaking, the average um, for me as an engineer, when it comes to taking it all the way, because I often take it, take a a show through the entire process. um, That will take uh, for an hour show, probably about three hours, four hours to, to do it. If I go straight through without stopping. Um, from voicing to, to end of mix. Wow. And then what happens with the product? Is that the finished product or does it go through any other reviews? Well, it doesn't go through... Usually it goes through a check to make sure that um, the levels are good, um, to make sure that uh, the mixer you know didn't get lost in the weeds because some shows are terrible. Some shows are badly mixed. I'm just going to say it. You know, some shows... They they have really quiet parts and then really loud parts and there's no kind of in between. You've got you know these it, it can switch from one scene to another and that can really be troublesome. So we we don't um, you know we uh, it, it has to be spot checked um, and then and then after all that then it gets conformed and sent to the client. So we definitely have some experts on who can answer a lot of questions. But before we go into open discussion, Roy, you are coming off an amazing ACB um, keynote banquet speech and uh, some pretty exciting projects recently. Uh, Can you talk to us a little about the challenge that you laid out at the ACB virtual convention and uh, some advocacy things that all of us could be working on to get the level and quality of audio description from all companies that are doing it at the level that we get from Audioize. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that Chris has so clearly spelled out the company's dedication, consideration, the quality that Audioize brings. It's not everywhere. And our audiences are facing incredible inconsistencies that, you know, Chris mentioned the writing, the casting, the trained professional voice talent, the directing, the editing, the sound engineering, the quality control, the the sound editing, and the operations that make sure that the product goes from beginning to end in a way that 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 flows to be able to deliver as quickly as possible. What I've understood is that what audiences want is that level of consistency across the board. 
some sort of a guaranteed good housekeeping seal of approval for core quality needs. I think Herb said it great. Uh, I'm going to kind of take that as a immerse yourself that you as an audio description audience shouldn't be fiddling with the volume. You shouldn't be wondering, does it have it or not? You shouldn't feel like you're in bad hands with uh, narration that's uh, sorry, a script that's not giving you the details that you need, that all of these things are immersion experiences that our sighted audiences don't even think twice about. And that is possible through what has been happening here at AudioEyes in this discussion. So the call to action was based on what everything that the audiences have been telling me for, you know, for months or years that we want consistency and how we can do that is to speak up to your organizations for example acb has multiple committees that are working on behalf of our audio description audiences there are other organizations as well that as we speak to our leaders our influencers and wherever you can be heard to speak up and say i really like the quality of this audio description and here's why that the companies are listening and on kevinsprocess.com, we have a uh, kind of like a, it's called a concierge page. That's really not the best word for it. I think the better word for it is bridge, where we're bridging the audience and the decision makers in audio description in a way that levels the playing field and empowers our audience in a way that, uh, that seems like it's what our audiences want. You have um, a Facebook group that is, well, you know, wildly um, every day there's something going on, multiple conversations. How powerful is social media for specific shows? I mean, once the movie is made, I guess, you know, we're not going to know and be able to advocate for it until, you know, and then it's in the theaters. It's too little too late, I think, at that point. But how about ongoing um, productions? Is social media a good tool for us to, you know, could, should we be bombarding, you know, their show site page? We want a description for this show, you know, or the audio description here is low quality. We wanted a better blah, 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 and so on and so forth. Absolutely. And I think by giving a, a forum and a place to go, you know, I made a, uh, it was, it was the truth, but it was, it was told in kind of like a, oh, I get it sort of way that, you know, press one, press three, hold, and then you get disconnected when you try to reach out on the phone. That uh, accessibility web link is buried six things, you know, six things deep. That accessibility access is inaccessible. So what we're what we're looking to do is find those places to reach. And the thing that's been so cool about that audio description discussion group, which is moderated and and administered by by blind, I'm going to call them experts. Right now, it's uh, uh, Dane and Serena, who are who are having a really lively conversation about these different kinds of nuances in the world of audio description. Specifically. Oh, really? Well. I I'm not sure if you meant that. Please mute yourself if you're not speaking. Uh, <clears throat> Sorry, Roy. Thank right. you. So the uh, so the group has has been almost like a, a social media connection where um, I'm finding I that. I, <clears throat> so I'm wow. finding that a lot of conversations that are happening there are actually having real world results in the entertainment industry that the entertainment industry, they might not be participating, but they're watching and they're paying attention and they're adjusting and making changes. The, of the 6 million steps that have to be taken between now and, and where audio description is of the, the quality that, that Chris described, those steps are being made. 
and it's exciting to see. And it's it's a sloppy and a messy path. It's not just a, a specific guidebook, but each time that an audience member speaks up and says, this is what I want, this is what I demand, this is what I deserve, and gets rewarded with that result, I think that, that that's kind of something that's in the air now. And that's just so exciting. I'm going to chime in right here, Roy. Please give me a chance. We're talking about social media and just on a personal level. Um, social media is powerful on a whole bunch of different in a whole bunch of different ways. When I got a chance to post up that that uh, that we were doing Greenleaf and that I was indeed doing the you know doing the audio description, a lot of my fellow voice actors may or may not have given uh, audio description a, a thought until then. I don't want to try to say that I'm such an influencer, but the whole point is, is that this is probably something that they hadn't really thought about in a, in a, in a, to a greater level. Uh, but when you, put something, when you put something in front of them and say, this is on Netflix, uh, it's available to everyone, and uh, the company that I worked for produced the audio, they go, hmm. And then if they hear, if they, and they're going to go, even if they're just going to listen for a second. It doesn't take only takes you 10 to 15 seconds to know if you like it or if you don't, or if it's good or if it's not. But they're going to listen. And then what they're going to hear is they're going to hear a quality product. They're going to hear, they're going to hear a voice, not necessarily my voice, but they're going to hear a professional voice that's delivering a description that makes sense to the entire audience, not just the blind audience. See, because I know people who cheat and put audio description on while they're working around the house. Mm-hmm. You know, so yep. that's 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 a whole other thing, you know, but at the same time, that's another use for audio description, you know, but but it, no, does, my sister. it, it does stick. It, it does. It, it, it sticks with people in a, in a completely different way. And if nothing else, they get curious about it professionally. And then they begin to say, you know, and then it begins to filter through the industry where they say, oh, well, you know, where's this work being done? Who are these people? You know, why do they do it? It must be worth something because a lot of folks are doing it. Absolutely. You made me laugh when you said um, about sighted folks, my sister, who was my audio describer for a while when I first lost my sight, because I had no idea audio description existed at first. Mm -hmm. Um, When I first showed it to her, she was like, oh, that's interesting and and (laughs) wasn't paying much attention. And about three weeks later, I have a five-year-old nephew, he's now seven, but at the time he was five. I had a five-year-old nephew. About three weeks later, she's like, oh my God, I was cooking and I had to do homework and I was watching such and such show. All this, And I'm like, okay, what are you telling me this for? Because I put that thing on, you know, the, the, the talking person. I put the talking person <laughs> on and I, I didn't it. have to look. I could get all that done. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there are, yes, they do. Yes, people enjoy it oh, oh, every, everywhere. And, and they of sure all, do. Of all stripes, you know, it's not, it's not just a blind thing. <laughs> not at all. My dad's a long distance trucker. He goes from one end of the country to the other. And I often um, send him uh, audio described content so that he can listen. And instead of having to, you know, watch as he goes down the road, it's like an audiobook to him. Yeah. So when- let's jump back to Roy for a few minutes. Um, and let's put out the information for Kevin's process and your Facebook group um, and, and anything else you want to lead our, our audience to before we continue the conversation and then open it up for questions. Roy? Thanks. Uh, if you go to kevinsprocess.com, it's, uh, it's an accessible website that gives a lot of different uh, specifics. Uh, we're going to start including uh, professional organizations who are accessible for blind talents, specifically on the world in, in the in the work of voice 
talent that uh, there shouldn't be a, a blind training. It should be accessible voice training. And to be able to have our blind talents who have the interest and the skills and the background in invoice to be able to develop their skills on a professional way. The only reason I have a career now is because I took classes. I did improv classes. I did acting classes. And I, I did years of, of weekly voiceover workouts in the same way that a, a voice trainer or sorry, the same way that an athlete trains for a, a marathon, they they do the workouts. That these kinds of things need to be accessible for our blind talents. And the uh, the idea is to to make sure that the the playing field is leveled in a way that that brings access. Absolutely. Yeah. So so there's there's a lot of information at kevinsprocess.com that's going to be continuing. If you're on social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or otherwise, the hashtags that we're we're playing with is and Kevin's process doesn't own this. Kevin's process is you, what you as an audience want. I want to be the assistant. I want to be the facilitator. This is you leading the show. This is what you've been telling me for months. And I'm just putting it away that hopefully we can, we can find a way to, to make sure that these inconsistencies are solved. So whether you use hashtag blind people watch TV Hashtag blind people watch movies. Some people were saying blind people watch videos and hashtag Kevin's process. And of course, hashtag audio description that each of these can have a way to kind of get people together. And as Herb was saying, get the conversation going in uh, communities that might not be aware of audio description. One of the things that really struck me about uh, Rick Boggs is that he is very clear that audio description was created by and is for blind people and that blind people have evolved this as chris has said the the work and dedication that he and his team have done are exemplary and that needs to be there that is a core component of the uh of kevin's process when it comes to making sure that audio description travels from cinema to streaming that it's released at the same time as sighted audiences that blind professionals are paid for this work that whether it's quality control or sound engineering, sound editing, voicing, even writing. There are, uh, and it's funny, I just started an interview this morning with uh, Thomas Reed where he addressed, yeah, blind people can be writers too. So there's all sorts yeah. of opportunities within this. And um, it's, it's important that we kind of find a way to have the conversation that kind of streamlines it. I think I'm talking too much. Well, just give them, um, give them the exact name of the facebook group it's audio description discussion i believe that's correct and it's uh, run by dane and serena. <laughs> it's run by dane and serena all right um so you, you guys know kevin's process you know the hashtags you know how to get onto the facebook group i just want to point out you know a couple of years ago there was a, a campaign to put betty white as a um as a host of Saturday Night Live. And at one point there were 14 million hashtag tweets that were calculated. And a couple of weeks later, bing, bang, boom, Betty White was hosting Saturday Night Live. I've done a soap opera podcast for years now. And um, there have been plenty of times an actor was let go and the fans got together and did a campaign. And two months later, you see that, that actor or actress back on screen, storylines that are really annoying the the viewership uh, at large will change rapidly and quickly because they see what's going on on social media. So the importance of you know putting your voice, all of our voices together, and and advocating for quality is 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 going to pay off in the end because dollars and cents wise, 
they want to keep their consumers happy. So the companies that are falling behind and are not giving us the quality that we need are definitely going to pay attention if we act and speak loud enough. So Chris, Roy, um, you guys brought some experts with you to speak to our listeners. Um, before we open up for questions, Terry and I know Herbert he spoke, but does anybody want to speak about their sector of audio description before we open it up for questions? Um, I want to also, I just looked at the participants list. Uh, one of our other folks here uh, is an SQ. Uh, she's a, a, a wonderful script quality specialist. Um, and I believe she's written for us too, but I, I'm, my memory's a little fuzzy. Diane Hinkle is also here. And uh, just wanted to acknowledge her. Diane, say hello and tell us a little about your processes. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Diane. Thank you, Chris. Um, I think Chris and Roy have really covered it. Um, just want to reinforce what Chris said at Audio Eyes. It really is all about quality. And then getting it through to um, our blind colleagues who can say, you know, that doesn't really capture it. Or, yes, we've got it. So, but anyway, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm going to put all of you experts on the spot for a moment. Roy, Chris, Diane, Herb, um, and everybody else. Think about for a moment, um, and I'm going to go to Roy first, so start thinking fast, Roy. Your, your best quality production that you've worked on, whether it be voicing or writing or producing or mixing, et cetera, et cetera, that is available on one of the you know Netflix or Amazon that we could go to. So you can... Point us right now to what you feel is the best quality work that we should be holding all of the other companies and all of the other producing areas up to standards. Roy, sorry to put you on the spot, but you're first. Tell us somewhere to go to hear some of your work. Oh, thanks. Uh, there's a lot of things that um, if uh, if you were to mention something, I could I could acknowledge it. But uh, there's a lot of things that I can't that I'm not allowed to talk about. So uh, there's Ooh, sorry. <laughs> a, I, I'm under a lot of strict um, restrictions there, um, and uh, I want to make sure that uh, that that's honored. But what I'd like to do is, if it's possible, could I ask for 40 seconds to share a clip for you? Uh, sure. If that's possible. Yeah. Bring it up, bro. So I think I need to be uh, I need to have uh, enabled screen sharing for this to work. If that's too much work, I'll just I'll just say what it is but it's it's uh i, I think this will be uh answering your question in a way that I, i'd really like to gabriel can you go into the participants list click on roy and give him screen sharing in the meantime i realize yes. as you said that that i put everybody on the spot so um chris is there any project that you can talk about to point people to you know it's a it's a few years old um but i was really i was really pleased with the work uh, that my team did, um, uh, a marvelous voiceover artist named Bryson Carr voiced it. Um, I believe Terry Grossman wrote it and, uh, and I, um, directed that voiceover as well as, uh, edited and mixed it. Um, actually I think my friend Jack Patterson edited it and then I mixed it. Um, it was called, and it's on Netflix right now, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Two, um, I can't remember the subtitle, but it's 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 Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon Two, and it it 
sounds great. Like I, I'm just so pleased with how that all turned out. And it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that the, the people who, who did the audio in the movie, the, the original mixers of the movie did a beautiful job with it. You know, um, that's something that, that doesn't get acknowledged very often is when we're given sort of lower quality material to work with, there's only so much we can do. And, uh, in this particular instance, we got some very nice, uh, material to work with and it just, it just turned out beautifully. So that's the one that's right off the top of my head. That's the one I think of. All right, everybody, you heard it here. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon 2. And you can get it on Netflix. Gabriel, did we share screen with Roy? I'm still trying. Give me one second. All right, Diana. Roy, um, if, you're still, if you're still here, you want to give us a, a um, project that maybe you're, you can talk about? And if not, that's okay. I didn't realize before I <laughs> opened well, my mouth earlier. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what I can say, I'm really new to the audio description world and it's so exciting and there's so much great content out there and there's some content that's not so great as I'm sure everyone here has experienced. But one of the series that was referred to me in the beginning to watch as an example of good description, um, and this recommendation came from Rick Boggs and Terry Grossman, um, was the on Netflix the series Frankie Grace Frankie Grace and Frankie. Grace oh and my Frankie. god, that's our yes. favorite series. <laughs> and that's just wonderful description. It's so unobtrusive. It blends in. The voiceover is splendid, and it's just it's a pleasure. So that's one that I like. To, to think about when I'm, I'm looking at what's quality. Thank you. All right. We're going to throw it Terry, back do you have, do you have oh, one, right, Terry? Just, I just thought I would ask her because she's, she's seen the whole, she's, she's seen it and done it. <laughs> well, maybe she fell off. Miriam, do you have one? I don't know if it's available. I don't know where it's available, but don't think I've forgotten. It's probably still the, my favorite one that I did. Um, oh, that was a wonderful. Unfortunately, that one um, that was for an educational institution. Yeah, it was. It was also probably the hardest one I've ever written. It, it's a, it was a documentary about um, the musicians in Cambodia during uh, Pol Pot. <laughs> so there was a lot of subtitles in both French and Cambodian, and it it was just. But it was a really interesting film altogether. It was just really a great film. Um, for stuff that's available, I don't I I had a lot of fun writing the expanse <laughs> once upon a time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one's that one I actually I have to say that one is well written. Um and and I'm I tried I don't I didn't plug that because I voiced it and I don't want to seem self serving, but uh I thought I thought that was well done all the way around. I got to mix it. Um they gave us nice audio to work with. Um, and Miriam did a beautiful job writing it. Well, I will plug, I, um, I watch ABC comedies, um, first and foremost, and, uh, I've been watching the Goldbergs for a long time, as well as, um, Modern Family. And I know that I, I dropped a half a bowl of popcorn one night when Chris Snyder came through my ears and I had heard him on some BPI calls. Um, 
So I can definitely plug all of your ABC work because well, Miriam, Miriam wrote that. Uh, she writes the Goldbergs. I write the Goldbergs. I write the I, Goldbergs. I, speechless, uh, fresh off the boat. <laughs> oh my God, fresh off the boat too. Well then, kudos, kudos, kudos. The two of you, I absolutely love. Gabe, did were we able to bring up Roy? Give me one second. Oh, could I okay. uh, could I take a minute and ask Jeff Ross? Roy, to, I just made you host. Oh, very cool. I was wondering, could I ask uh, Jeff Ross to to pipe in just for another perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Please. Sure. Uh, okay, Roy, your host. Uh, just to answer your question real quick. Um, something that I worked on fairly recently. Um, uh, Netflix am, uh, original uh, animated uh, movie called uh, The Willoughby's. Um, that that was one that I worked on that uh, I thought went w very well, and uh, the the mixing I liked and the writing. I'm not an expert in the writing, but uh, I certainly appreciated all the description that went into that. Uh, it was chock full. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah, the Willoughby's was one, um, or something else. Uh, I can remember from a while back, um, a year or so ago, uh, an Amazon uh, original called Troop Zero. Um, it's a cute movie. It's worth worth watching, and uh, another one that I, I think went very well and sounded great. Troop Zero was cute, by the way. That was you. Kudos, kudos, kudos. <laughs> Thank you. Right. Uh, if you're ready to go, take it away. Sure. So uh, this is kind of a, a spoof here, but I'm going to play a, uh, a sample of uh, 40 seconds of the worst audio description I've ever heard. Ah, there's more to you than a woman in the street buying drugs. Staring at her, Kate hesitates to the dark-haired woman smiles and walks off. Kate watches her go. The woman stops and looks back. Glancing away, she shows Kate a badge. She smiles. I hope that I don't see you again. She smiles, then continues down the sidewalk. Shifting on her feet, Kate presses her lips together. She stares after the woman, then turns away. Her image blurs as she walks in the other direction, fades to black. Roy, you naughty boy. I, I'm totally naughty because that encapsulates some of the worst <laughs> audio mixing, reading, and the, the text is correct. The writing is good. Everything else. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed anything, if you were fully immersed in that ending of this, uh, this film, but um, uh, yeah. The hesitates to speak part, I would question as appropriate writing. I'll take it. <laughs> um, but the but point we've of heard... it wasn't the writing. The point of it was the editing, the bad editing of the, the, the sound, the, the sound fades in and out. It speeds up where it doesn't. The, mm -hmm. the, the dialogue, We've got yeah. it coming in one ear. There's uh, there's fade out. There's a part where it's very clearly sped up. There's uh, there's breaths that you don't need, and the narrator clearly doesn't give a crap at the end. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that would not pass my engineering crew. Mm -mm. <laughs> uh, I've heard some really bad description writing on occasion, and and I can talk about this because the company is no longer. Uh, doing description and so um there was something in 2003 um in a movie called a civil action where 
there were so many bad points in this in this movie uh so so much that appeared to be just taken from the screen from the shooting script as as like uh, actor actor direction it, it was so bad um and one of the things that has always stuck with me and and kind of gets um handed down as a as a cautionary tale through our company is when um this guy at the end of the se- at the end of the show he um, he's in bankruptcy court and he's talking to the judge and she says uh mr schlickman where did all the things go that that define a person's life the 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 clothing the car the house where where did it all go and the describer says there's an awkward pause and jan looks down it's a long story and then she says and all you have left is $27 in a banking account. And he says, and the describer goes, we can see that Jan is deliberating within himself, asking himself, was it all worth it? <laughs> and oh, I have God. never heard such bad description in my life. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> well, thank you for highlighting some of the don'ts that we should be unable one willing to accept let's open it up and let's please everyone be respectful if one person starts speaking we will get around to, even when we get off the air thank you debbie hazelton and acb radio by the way even when we get off the air we will take questions we'll let you know when we're going to stop so if you have a question unmute yourself say hello and fire away hello Good evening. Good evening. Great job on the uh, presentation. And um, the person that is in the audio eyes, have you guys ever done old Disney movies? Yes, we have. Um, When we were working for, um, well, when we, many years ago, we did a... uh, we used to do the wonderful world of Disney when they had, when they would air Walt Disney movies. And at that time, um, this was, this was like 2002, 2003. We did, uh, Oh gosh. Um, 101 Dalmatians, Pinocchio. Uh, we did the uh, toy story one and two. We did, uh, Oh gosh. Um, Peter Pan. Um, so yeah, at the time we did several. Now here's the thing. Unless you know of a few certain websites that have that content from ages ago, you're never going to hear those from us. You'll only hear uh, on Disney Plus, you'll hear uh, another company do them because um, those were done for television. And especially back then, but it still happens today, they, uh, they don't keep the description with the project as it as it goes along the it goes around the world those descriptions have vanished into the ether um it's it's kind of unfortunate but that's 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 what has happened uh but yes we have in the past we have done old disney movies yeah i have one major website audiovault.net you can find descriptive tv shows and movies up there thank you mitch so, you know, another another common question that we got, and this is either Roy or Chris, if you can jump in, or both tag team. Um, a lot of people wanted to know why there could be description, um, especially on feature films, 
Um, but definitely on some series two, where, where there could be description in one place. And then when it comes to streaming or DVD releases, it may not be there. Or if it may be available in other countries and not here. So if one or both of you can kind of hop in and give us a little background on what that process, why that happens. Um, well, uh, I... <laughs> Yes. Okay. So, so what happens to a show once we once whoever the company is that describes the show uh, or movie finishes with it, um, it goes back to the client, and that is a result of uh, um, who hired us to do the description. Let me give you a perfect example um, that that applies today. So, right now on Netflix. In the United Kingdom and throughout Europe and the rest of the world, if you go on Netflix, you can search for Star Trek Discovery. You will find the first two seasons of Star Trek Discovery with audioized description. Um, our narrator, Bryson Carr, did it, um, and I mixed it and all that stuff. Um, however, on CBS All Access, you will find the great, awesome Roy Samuelson on some of the episodes. I believe, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, Roy, but I, I believe you did some of season two, uh, if not all of season two of Star Trek Discovery for CBS All Access. And as a result, and, and the reason for that is Netflix hired us to do their international description before CBS All Access was even a thing. And they wanted to have description, and they didn't have the, the streaming rights here in North America. Um, to, to get it out there. So um, blind people who wanted a, a Star Trek Discovery with description either had to get a virtual private network, a VPN, and go over there, or they had to um, get it off of places like audiovault.net and, uh, and listen to it that way until Star uh, CBS All Access came along and they paid, um, I, I'm guessing because of CBS's relationships, um, they paid a WGBH, the media access group over there, to do the description um, for Star Trek Discovery. Now, what's weird is they bought, they seem to have somehow got hold of our season one and then WGBH did season two. So it's it's a really kind of odd situation. And basically, it all boils down to who owns the rights to what. And it also, uh, the other thing that, that happens is um, when when shows get delivered to other places, be it iTunes or Amazon or, or uh, DVDs or whatever, um, it's, it all comes in a gigantic package. And when I say gigantic, I'm talking like for a movie, we're talking 250 to 300 gigabytes for one movie. Um, and in that contains the, the ProRes audio, I mean video, excuse me. Um, and the, like, that's like the 4k picture and all. And then you get, all of the audio and you can get um all of the foreign languages that that are dubbed for that for that title as well as the audio description and or not right so that's where the where the process kind of breaks down is does that description make it into the package that's then distributed um across the various um systems roy what do you uh, do you have something to add here about that one of the things I'm hearing from audiences is that is a huge inconsistency. I think Apple TV Plus has addressed that because they are so focused on having the same content that they're not only distributing, but creating internationally with none of these restrictions that, that you just mentioned, Chris, that they are able to have 
the license worldwide. So you can be in France listening to Japanese audio description with dubbing in Spanish. The, they have broken the assumption, these restrictions that, that we've been dealing with as audiences uh, in a way that, that disrupts the system in the best way possible. This inconsistency is, is really a big concern. 